Sunday marks five years since Superstorm Sandy came ashore. In New Jersey, the storm severely damaged or destroyed some 40,000 homes and left the state with a bill for tens of billions of dollars in repairs. The days after the storm are widely considered to be the most successful moment of Governor Chris Christie's eight years in office. Good morning. Uh, I know that many people in our state woke up today to absolute devastation. Uh, there are no words to describe what so many New Jerseyans experienced over the last 24 hours and what they will have to contend with over the coming days, weeks, and months. Now Christie's term is almost over and voters will choose his successor in just over a week. Reporter Scott Gurian covered the night the storm hit and the recovery that followed. He looks at Sandy's legacy in the Garden State and the work that remains for the state's next governor. When the eye of Sandy made landfall just north of Atlantic City, Fran Baranowitz's neighborhood, which was a few miles away in Ventnor, suddenly turned into a lake. Water bubbled up through the air ducts of her home, and the floors buckled so much that she had trouble opening the front door when she returned. Five years later, her repairs are all complete. This is what my house looked like before the storm. It's a photo there, it's just right on the ground with a fence in front. That's how it looked. And you're up how high now? Six feet. Baranowitz had spent state grant money to fix and elevate her home, and finally she was ready to move on with her life. But then, in August of last year, she received a letter. An audit had found she'd gotten too much money and had unknowingly used some of it to make small upgrades that weren't allowed. Now, the state was asking her to return more than $35,000. She was stunned. You know, it's just unbelievable. I had no idea that this was going to happen. I've got two little pensions and Social Security, but it's not a lot of money. I can't give anybody $35,000. Lots of people are in her situation. Altogether, the state and federal governments have asked around 1,000 homeowners in New Jersey to return more than $5 million in aid. So even all these years later, Sandy continues to take a devastating financial toll on many residents along the coast. Some people still haven't even been able to return home. Angel Aguadas' house, also in Ventnor, remains uninhabitable due to shoddy workmanship by his state-approved contractor, who has since stopped returning his calls. Aguadas is 80 years old, his wife has been sick, and they've had to move five times from one rental to another. He says it sometimes seems like he's been forgotten. I feel that uh, I just fell to the cracks, you know, out of sight, out of mind. We are weathering the storm, and hopefully we'll emerge victorious, you know, from the struggle. State officials say that of the 7,600 residents receiving rebuilding grants, more than 1,000 remain displaced, but most of them expect to finish construction by early next year. Storm victim advocates like Amanda DeVecca Rainier with the New Jersey Organizing Project are calling for a number of changes, including making it easier for people to file claims against fraudulent contractors and a better appeals process for homeowners asked to pay the government back. All those folks need a hand getting across the finish line. Could we as a state under new leadership say that's it, everyone is home by the six-year anniversary and really drive hard to get there? Certainly we deserve that, right? The question is, will our new governor take that up and take that on? The Christie administration points to a number of signs of progress in its handling of the Sandy recovery. So far, it's spent more than $2.5 billion of federal money on grants to help homeowners rebuild, assist small businesses, and provide rental assistance to displaced people.
Nearly 40 million of that was spent on backup generators for hospitals, police, and fire stations to keep the lights on during future storms. From the beginning, Governor Christie has said he's focused on resiliency. Part of what we're trying to do in the aftermath of this tragedy is not to just build back to where we were, but to build back better and to use the federal funds that we're getting from the Congress to make sure that we make our infrastructure better here in this state to sustain future attacks by storms if they come. New Jersey has paid for buyouts of more than 600 homes in vulnerable areas and has worked with the Army Corps to build protective dunes and widen beaches along much of the state's Atlantic coast. It also won $380 million in a federal design competition to build walls, dikes, and pumps to floodproof places like Hoboken and towns in the Meadowlands region. And the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey says it's invested nearly a billion dollars in projects like flood barriers to protect the path trains and the Holland Tunnel. Some of the public infrastructure has been hardened. Um, there was some investment made in some of the big sewage treatment plants to make them less vulnerable to flooding. Some of the utilities took steps to reduce their exposure to wind and flooding, all of which are absolutely appropriate and good steps to take. Tim Dillingham runs the American Littoral Society, an environmental group dedicated to protecting the shoreline. While Dillingham is willing to give credit where credit's due, he still thinks it's not enough. If another big storm were to hit tomorrow, he fears we wouldn't be much better than we were during Sandy. Because I don't see a lot of real difference. I mean, some of the houses are elevated, but I don't see much that really changed from the old way of doing things. Dillingham stands along the beach in Seabright, a coastal community that was devastated when the storm surge pushed sand against a rock wall, essentially creating a ramp that sent waves crashing into the downtown business district. The town's response has been to fortify that wall, but he says the focus should instead be on moving people out of harm's way. The guiding attitude was we can be stronger than the storm and we can go back and rebuild. And that's exactly what happened. And that serves all the traditional New Jersey interests of real estate development and local property taxes. And it's not the best long-term interest of us as a state or even the communities or even the homeowners who are going to be right back where they were, just as vulnerable with no greater protection from the next inevitable storm. With sea level rise and more frequent hurricanes, Dillingham thinks sheltering in place is not an effective strategy. Instead, he says New Jersey's political leaders, starting with the next governor, will need to make difficult decisions to incorporate the lessons of Sandy and ensure this sort of damage never happens again. Scott Gurian, WNYC News.